Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, June 25th, 2021. I am Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. Grace, do you want to tell yeah. people where you are going like <laughs> the second after we finish recording this? Yeah, I actually really do. I'm so glad you said that because I am so pumped to go back into the basement a la Robbie Rozelle's return <laughs> to 54 Below show. I am so excited to meet Ashley Steves in the face. Oh my God. That's that's yeah. that's big time there. And it's so funny because I've corresponded with you for so long, Matt, but I yeah. still haven't met, met you. Never and met. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley's who I'm meeting first, so it, it's pretty funny. But um, I'm so excited to like document it. Of course, you can you can follow our socials, you can follow <laughs> uh, Broadway Record socials, you can follow my socials, just to live vicariously through us. Because I will extensively talk about the fact that I will be in that basement, enjoying a cocktail, enjoying their new menu, enjoying a show that I've heard a little bit of the set list for, and I'm. Very very excited about Ooh. can't reveal can't reveal because there's two shows uh yeah. but you of course yeah yeah speaking of which the other show is coming up on july 14th also at 9 45 mm-hmm. 54 below um i don't know who is who's robbie's opener tonight um currently going on at like kicking off as we are starting to record that looks like that is oh it's two-player game it's george salazar and yeah. joe iconis um mm-hmm. in july his opener Oh, I can't, I, I forget, I forget her name. Oh, no, wait, no, she doesn't forget anything. It's Mary Lou Henner, her music and memories. You know Mary Lou Henner has a, was a didactic memory? Like, she literally remembers oh. everything about her entire life. Oh, my God, like I did you, not know that. Yeah, and someone correct me on the details. I'm sure this is partially wrong, but, like, <laughs> you can say, like, what happened on... February 6th, 1974, and she will know what happened on February 6th, 1974. Like, Don't take her to trivia. Don't take no. her to pub trivia. That's not oh, no. fair. No, it's not fair at all. But what is fair is getting to see Mary Lou Henner and then the great Robbie Rozelle on July 14th at 54 Below. So I'm super excited uh, and a little bit jealous that you and Ashley are going to be there tonight. I've seen one or t- I've seen multiple Robbie's shows in the past, so I know that they are fantastic, and I'm sorry that I can't be there. Uh, for this one, but yeah, I mean, same. It's it's your birthday Saturday. It's what? It's, what? It's your birth. It's your birthday Saturday. Oh, it's a good thing. Good thing I have control over what goes in this episode, and I can edit out what I want to edit out. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but I do know this, and it's also Ashley Steve's partners. Uh, it's their anniversary. anniversary. Mm-hmm. So this day, June 26th, will live in my brain as I see Mason Alexander Parks. show pansy craze so it's a big weekend i'm very celebratory of all of my friends and uh yeah i guess we should get into some news right let's do it let's do it okay great uh so i'm thrilled to report again i feel so positive today i feel so (laughs) uh, joyful about like the upcoming broadway performance news that i have so just like we kind of suspected about the circle in the square we were totally right uh chicken and biscuits a new comedy by douglas lyons will star norm lewis and michael yuri performances will begin on september 23rd right as everything is kind of picking up in new york so uh while we did want norm lewis as the music man like he did at the community center so well uh we absolutely will take norm's return to circle in the square since once on this island previously chicken and biscuits ran for two weeks last year at the queen's theater but closed due to the pandemic this is the first Broadway transfer for the Queens Theater. So I'm really excited that they're going to be able to like put that kind of feather in their cap. Uh, But I did want to talk to you, Matt, about the fact that we need to kind of break down why this show is important to the equitable landscape of Broadway. So the writer is Douglas Lyons, who was previously in the ensemble of Beautiful and the Book of Mormon. The direction will be under Zylon Levingston, the youngest black director on Broadway at age 27. This is 
huge. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Levingston was most recently an assistant director on Tina, the Tina Turner musical. You're familiar. We love to see mm-hmm. it. Uh, Pamela Ross, E. Clayton Cornelius, and Leah Michaelos are three leading first-time producers as well. This production adds to the list of plays written, performed, and produced and directed, et cetera, by Black artists. We've got Passover, Lackawanna Blues, Thoughts of a Colored Man, Trouble in Mind, Clyde's, Skeleton Crew, all coming up to Broadway. And I feel like the tides are finally starting to change for the better, just with all of that representation. We're just furthering like, yep, Black art is worth creating, folks. Like, I don't know why we've been sleeping on this. (laughs) The only thing that I hope is that this is not something where people are just trying to do this as we start the beginning of coming back to theater after all of this. And I hope this is something that is continued and is now becoming more of the norm. And it's not just like, oh, look, we did this once. Time for us to go back to doing the same thing we've done for the entirety of Broadway. So uh, I'm really, really hoping uh, that this is the start of something that's really, um, really a a change for Broadway. Just such a cool show. And this is one that I teased. I don't remember if it was on this week on Broadway when we did it, or if it was with me and Ashley, but like I I teased that a show that had like a, a streaming production um, was coming. And that was this Mm -hmm. because Michael Urie and uh, Carly Hughes did a streaming version of this. We know Michael Urie is coming. I don't know if Carly Hughes is, she's a big left coast TV person now um, after yeah. having been a replacement at, for the leading player in Pippin in the last revival. So, she's incredible. If you follow her Instagram, by the yeah. way, what chef's kiss yeah, telling me great. how to smoothie things and whatnot. Oh, what an <laughs> icon. Yeah. So I don't know if she's going to be a part of it, but Norm Lewis will be. He's also doing that. Um, Children of Eden big gala concert production in Chicago and then they come and straight back for this. So this is just all really, really good things and very, very excited that hopefully this is the beginning of something new and not just a blip on the radar to pacify people and give them a little uh, ability (laughs) to we did it. It's like, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, To quote High School Musical the start of something new. That was just, that's a callback to yesterday because we're talking about Corbin Blue. Anyways, before we get into the rest of the show, we'd like to talk about our sponsor for this week, ExpressVPN. I personally cannot and will not use the internet without an ExpressVPN now. It's kind of like when back in the day, I don't know if you're familiar, I've used this anecdote before, but like peeing with the door open is just, you can't do it. It's it's 2021 folks. Like you cannot be using the internet without some kind of protective service. It just can't happen. I'm sorry, don't be that person. I had no idea where you were going with that, but uh, good for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, internet service providers um, like Comcast or Verizon or wherever you get your internet, they know literally every website that you go to and don't think that just because you use an incognito mode or a private mode or whatever that they don't still know where you're going. They are the ones that literally connect you to those sites. Then they sell all of the information they gather about you to advertisers, to Google, to Amazon, who then use your data or data 
to target you with all of these ads based off the places you go. But ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. ExpressVPN is the number one rated VPN from CNET, Wired, The Verge. It is the absolute best. You can't go wrong with ExpressVPN. Yeah, like Matt knows, almost all of my data was leaked last year because of one password that got out of my hands. You know, it eliminated me from getting into all of my social media accounts, emails, Google Suite, you name it. Uh, pretty horrifying. So now that I use a VPN, I am so much more protected and it feels safer using the internet. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Broadway Radio and do it today. That's expressvpn.com slash Broadway Radio. And you can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash Broadway Radio. All right, there's just so much joyful black artist news today that I just, I wanna report on all of it. I just wanna say that. Um, Coleman Domingo, Tony nominee and icon from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. But to be frank, I cannot wait to see him in Zola, the Zola film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Jeremy L. Harris wrote it, yeah. Or co-wrote it or something, yeah. Yeah, it's, well, Zola is the uh, Twitter artist that is behind the craziness that is that story. Please look (laughs) it up. That's not what this is about. But if you love Coleman Domingo, like we do, he is adapting, directing, and executive producing his play Dot into a series for AMC. The series will be entitled West Philly Baby. Uh, Domingo's Dot premiered in New York in 2016, directed by Tony winner Susan Stroman at the Vineyard Theater. But the production uh, for this particular adaptation for AMC won't begin until 2022. So we may not see this until 2023. Either way, we got news about it and we got to tell you because it's something to look forward to. Absolutely. He is absolutely the best and such an eclectic and multifaceted or multi-hyphenated artist that (laughs) anytime Coleman does anything, Uh, it is worth reporting. Absolutely. So the public theater will begin performances of Merry Wives for Shakespeare in the Park Tuesday, July 6th at the Delacorte Theater. Now they're reporting that they can have 80% capacity. Famously, these productions are free to the public, of course, and proof of vaccination or negative COVID-19 testing is now not required for entry. However, patrons over the age of two must wear an approved mask to enter the theater in accordance with theatrical union requirements. This is kind of a big deal. This is, uh, you know, as things are evolving and changing with the New York theater landscape. I, for one, went into a restaurant today without a mask, like safely. Mm-hmm. It was okay. It felt good. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited that, you know, people are able to, this is such an institution, Shakespeare in the Park. So the fact that they're able to have that 80% capacity, I mean, I believe they have about 1400 plus seats normally. So that's, that's pretty big. They can pack it in now. Yeah. I think I saw something and this is just something I saw on the Twitter. So if it's wrong, uh, feel free to correct me. But there's going to be seating like regular seating. There's also going to be mm-hmm. socially distanced seating as yes. well. So there's going to be two different ways. But both of those are going to be at 80% capacity of what their maximum would be at mm-hmm. the norm. So if it's socially distanced, whatever the socially distanced would be, <laughs> it's 80% of that is from what I understand. So interesting way to break those those outdoor seats up. Um, but I guess uh, if you're not going to require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test, keeping those masks on um, is the right way to go. I just wonder how easy that'll be able to enforce given the heat in Central Park during the summer. You're telling me New York gets hot? We love to do the right <laughs> thing, so we reference it a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, here we go. Rosie, so- Rosie, Rosie. Oh my God. Nobody sweats like that woman. I love her. Glisten. Anyways, uh, we'll go to something else. The highly sought after shutter 
Shuttered Operators Grant Program. We've been talking about it a lot on the show, so I want to give you an update. Uh, They started notifying their recipients of the Small Business Administration Grant. Broadway has already begun getting their golden ticket notifications. The Nederlander Organization and Jew Jamson Theaters are approved for $10 million in grants. As of this week, Small Business Administration had awarded uh, over, you know, almost like 1,500 grants out of more than 14,000 applications. Mm -hmm. Recipients in the theater space included 54 Below, Nederlander-owned Broadway in Chicago. You know, these are just the reports that are out currently. You know, this was as of about uh, like around Monday. So we'll let you know more. But I, is it weird that I'm like, sorry, um, the Nader organi- organization to me is not a small business. Well, I mean, here's I don't know how this works. Yeah, I don't know what the exact qualifications are, but like I'd imagine that a lot of these organizations and I can speak to it from places I've worked before. Like you think of them in a lot of places, depending on what environment they're in as being like institutions and these huge major things and they have a huge footprint but they're really run by like a dozen people so like i can see this i mean obviously when you're running a theater company there's tons of people that go involved uh with that whether that is um administrators box Mm -hmm. office you know custodians crew all that stuff but i mean i would imagine that there's probably some sort of rules in terms of what they limitations are for who can apply for these things and knowing big businesses i'm sure that they skirted those rules and figure out ways to get around them even if they didn't qualify but you know i this is what these shuttered venue grants are for is for performing arts venues that had to shut down and while nederlanders is a much bigger organization than drew jamson um I would still think that they deserve to have at least a cut of this, even if they might not be the ones that need it the most. Yeah, I'm just super worried about the fact that, like, just as an example, I know of nonprofit theaters in Georgia that were having to apply mm-hmm. against the Fox Theater in Atlanta. That's yeah. like, there's no comparison there about the funding. And again, like the Foxes historically, you know, had to undergo, you know, tons of grant funding and they were supposed to close yeah. down in the 70s and, you know, all that stuff. But I just wonder if like these small, small nonprofit 80 seat houses are having to compete against Ju Jamson. It just seems. I'm just nervous. That's all. I I want everything to succeed. And I believe in all theater of every range. I just get so worried that, you know, we're going to have these small theaters where, where theater is birthed, you know, fall to the wayside. That's, that's just my fear. Yeah. yeah, So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Okay. So I really wish he was recording an album for MCC's the wrong man, but I will (laughs) take this new album by Joshua Henry. I've loved him since I saw him in tidy whitey's an American idiot. You can pre-order his album grow. Uh, We've included a link in the show notes. There was no uh, notice about like when this album would drop. They were just like, Hey, pre-order it. And here's a first listen it's hot i mean he's great so i'm excited this is his like debut album you are a legit american idiot stan which i um, don't know yeah. that i realized or would have asked you to join broadway radio but i know no i'm kidding i oh I, my god oh god i love no, no. that show so much i saw billy joe and in the show when it was about to close and i put my poster over the face of another person while he was coming out of the stage door because i was so short i couldn't reach him to sign my poster so i put it over a person's face accidentally like i threw it over and then he was like that's that's pretty cool and then he signed it on this person's face and i will that's just never rock. forget it that was punk rock to me i was like yeah. if this is uh, i mean cool yeah okay. you are you are famously short um but i will tell you i when i was a senior in high school i went to a 
uh, a Green Day concert at the um, oh, what's the name of the theater or the the venue? I can't I can't believe I can't remember the name of the, the venue um, on Ohio State's campus to see them. And somehow they were giving away backstage passes. The radio station that was hosting the concert, I got backstage passes. Went little seventeen year old me went backstage at a, a Green Day concert. Got my little backstage pass autographed. I'm sure I still have it somewhere. Um, so, uh, Billy Joe could not care less about anybody there who was male. So, um, but yeah, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. yeah. So, and this was also, gosh, it must've been 1998, 1999. So a uh, long time ago, but, uh, yeah, also, also green day fan here, not as much as you apparently, but, uh, but yeah, I appreciate that as well. Cause I was an angsty child <laughs> and green day Nimrod and green day dookie were mm-hmm. parts of it. All right, finally, some recommendations. So an article in the LA Times notes why the music man is not what we need right now. It's actually a really fascinating article. I'm really glad that you sent it to me, Matt. Uh, I, I mean, we could talk about it all day long, but essentially it's talking about like the commentary behind the music man. Like besides the fact that, you know, this, this production has kind of been soiled as far as, you know, the Scott Rudin of it all and the white of it all. There's also like the connotation of like what the story means <laughs> for American society. Yeah. And like, why it's like, okay, is this, I mean, is, is this really the Broadway that we're like, let's come back. Like, let's double down on this production. This is why we need this production. It's kind of weird. So, uh, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really glad you sent it to me. It's worth reading. Uh, it's part of the LA times. And then, yeah. Did you, did you have a chance to read it? Yeah, I did. And this is by, we've been shouting out Ashley Lee a lot and she's been a guest here before. Um, it's a great article. And and the thing with, Musical theater has this effect on stories where it kind of glosses over the nastiness of it, whether it's The Music Man or Dear Evan Hansen. Um, There's so many examples in musical theater history where you're like, oh, this is a fun show. There's some tap dancing. There's there's cool barbershop quartets. Um, And then you're like, oh, wait, this is about a horribly selfish and narcissistic person doing, you know, taking advantage of people. Um, and he falls in love, so then he's not as bad, but he still kind of is. It's like, why? Why are we doing this now? And I really thought that there might be a change in some of the cast <laughs> after this past year. There's not. They just announced a couple, like three yeah. more people that you guys talked about earlier this week. I think one of them might have been a person of color, but the other two, two. were, there were two yeah. people of color. Zanita. Zanita and Tommy Gilas, the two people that get together, the young kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, so you just put the two people of color as romantic I, opposites. I, okay. I did not realize Zanetta was. I thought that Tommy was, but I didn't realize Zanetta was too. But, it, you know, it's just it's just a bad look. And, I mean, I like the music, man. The, the, you know, some of the music's, you know, literally iconic. But, eh, eh. Yeah. Yeah. So in the other recommendation that I think you would enjoy, Matt, and I don't know if this is something you will be doing at home. I hope you are. You can learn all of the choreo for the final sequence of the film's title song for In the Heights with Noah Katala on Playbill. Um, I'm 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 looking forward to learning this because one day we're going to have like a full dress up sing along at a drive in for In the Heights and <laughs> I will be there and I will know the full thing. I mean, I'm trying to learn 96,000, but I need a small swimming pool to do that. Right. Uh, Matt, will you be learning this since you're such an In the Heights fan. I am. Now, and, and Noah played Graffiti Pete, just to be clear. Noah played Graffiti Pete in the film. Um, so you're learning it from one of the stars of the film. I, yes, this is actually what I'm going to be doing for my birthday on Saturday. I will be learning this choreo. <laughs> Specifically, stay tuned for video of that. No, don't stay tuned because it's never going to happen. But Oh, wow. 
Thank you guys for listening to Today on Broadway. Thanks for having me on this Friday. I've never <laughs> done a show on a Friday, so I hope yeah. you're ending the week uh, with us here right now and then going into your weekend happily. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And if James lets me, soon to be on TikTok. Don't forget on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. I know, right? We need to have one. We need to obsess over things that we're doing in New York and Broadway. Like, it's time to shine. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grace Aki. Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. And I feel like I've told you multiple times, like I thought you would be a great TikToker. Um, so hopefully this happens. It is an absolute skill set that I will have to learn because editing video is really difficult. Um, yeah. I love the content and the planning and the, oh, this is the good thought of it all, but it's really different to actually make them. So the people that are good at them, they are actual artists, like kudos to them. I can't wait to start this journey. Thank you guys so much again. We will see you on Sunday. 